0: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care, here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care
1: and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas representing Transitions Life Care. Mary, the holiday season is upon us. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm I'm recovering from my COVID booster shot that I had uh, earlier this week. It was a rough day, but I'm so excited that science is real and we have (laughs) these things at our hands and I'm boosted for the holidays.
1: (laughs) Yes, sign me up for any and all boosters. I'm ready to go as well. Well, that's good news for you. Uh, Hopefully, you know, I know. Allergies have been uh, uh, weird this time of year as well, but yeah. um, we'll we'll get through today's show and uh, that's going to be very easy, I think, because we have a favorite guest of ours and that is Rich Gwaltney, who's the Community Engagement Representative with Transitions Life Care, and we're going to be having a conversation today about conversations that we might be wanting to have with family members over the holidays. Rich, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing great, Jason, and as always, it is wonderful to be with you guys.
2: Yes, definitely. The holidays are coming. I can't believe it. I I was looking at the calendar the other day. It's December 8th. Like, this, crazy. Uh, But there's no better time than now to have uh, tough conversations with your family, tough but necessary conversations about planning about uh, the future. Definitely not something to put off. Um, And Rich, we're excited to talk with you today about all that.
3: Yeah, I'm excited. This is a conversation we've been a part of for uh, as long as we've been in existence because, you know, the importance about having conversations about the issues that matter the most in life with the people who matter the most in our lives is so crucial and what a better time to prepare for and then hopefully uh cultivate a good space to have those talks uh holidays create that perfectly it's actually why uh as we were talking about the build-up this day <laughs> i was kind of referring to our talk today as talking turkey with Rich. Uh, The reason reason we say that is that, um, you know, the holidays is a good time to talk turkey, right? Because there's usually one on the table. Uh, But, you know, these conversations, as uncomfortable as they could be, there are some creative ways we'll get into later in our time together to talk about ways to smooth that or make that a little more creative and life-giving and uh, just give people an opportunity to engage on subject matter that uh, that's most important to us.
2: Definitely. So to kick things off, are there some documents, you know, we, we've talked about Five Wishes a little bit, we've touched on it in Living Will. Can we dive into those a little bit more as documents that kind of help guide these conversations? What is a Living Will and Five Wishes?
3: Yeah, that's great. I think that's a great way to, no pun intended with Talking Turkey, it's a good way for us to set the table here today. And let's talk a little bit about, you know, what is a Living Will? Uh, and what are the documents needed because um, I tell people this when it comes to a living will and a health power of attorney, uh, the living will answers the what question. What is it that we want done or not done in circumstances where we would be deemed incapable of making decisions or speaking for ourselves? And the health care power of attorney answers the who question who do you want to advocate or speak on your behalf i mean literally become you if you're incapacitated or deemed incapable of speaking so as far as documentations go uh, as an organization transitions life care we've always advocated for the use of the five wishes document uh, and because the five wishes document is actually referred to as the heart and soul of the living will and it's very, because uh, it goes into com- some components of relationships and things that matter most, but it's a very uh, all inclusive document. It includes the living will, the healthcare power of attorney, but it also gets into some other uh, matters of deep importance in this level of conversation. So, uh, but essentially, to answer your first question, Mary, is uh, what is an advanced directive? You know, two parts before we talk about living will an advanced directive is exactly what it says it is. They're directions that we're giving in advance regarding our future medical care. And they're only activated and able to be used when you're unable to speak for yourself. So the living will document uh, can come from any, any location It literally could be written on a napkin. I wouldn't suggest doing that, (laughs) but the five wishes or NC.gov or many others have an actual just living will uh, but most importantly, is um, to use a document like five wishes we suggest because it's just very user friendly to walk you through certain scenarios that you could potentially uh, have to deal with, uh, not just towards the end of life, but in a medical situation. Uh, and it gives you uh, your place uh, to write those your wishes down about the type of care you either don't or do not want, given those circumstances
2: sounds like a very uh, large document. Uh, where can you find the Five Wishes document at if you wanted to go that route and use that kind of uh, layout?
3: Yeah, Five Wishes actually has a website. Um, used to be referred to as Aging with Dignity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could Google that or you could go to fivewishes.org and you will find uh, documentation there um, where two things. You could request a written document or you can use an electronic uh, link to a document that's a fillable uh, PDFs type of a document that you can go and make changes to even later on. And if that's a problem, you can certainly contact us at Transitions Life Care and we can help walk you through that and send you some links uh, and we can make that, you know that contact information available. But we'd love to help facilitate these conversations, but also just putting these uh, documents into place and you know simply as soon as they're filled out as we probably know and it talked about as soon as the living will is, uh, is is filled out in its entirety at that point it's just a matter of having it notarized and witnessed and then copied and shared with the people who will be most affected by it
2: that's easy enough so you don't have to have a lawyer you can just have it notarized and in north carolina that's <laughs> valid at that point <laughs>
3: Yes, it is. You know, we tell people, and it's not that we're uh, against people using legal counsel. I remember speaking once early on in my tenure at transitions, and I remember uh, a lawyer stood up, uh, you know, or, you know, someone had asked the question, do I have to have a lawyer? And I said, no. And someone said, well, thank you, Rich, for that great information. I just spent three thousand dollars on one. (laughs) And I said (laughs) and I jokingly said, well, I bet you had some other legal work tacked onto that, like an estate plan and some other things. And he agreed that he did. So the reason we say we're not against people using a lawyer, we just want to uh, remove that obstacle to people where uh, cost might be, um, you know, an issue for them to go see a legal counsel. Uh, in order to do that. Because essentially, it's only all you need is a notary. And that can be provided from a lot of different places.
2: That sounds easy enough, an easy way to start the conversation. What happens if you change your mind after you fill out this document? Can you just fill out another one, have another one notarized and just keep it going?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we tell people... um, Uh, kind of tongue in cheek, but every time you get a D in life, and what is a D? Has it been a decade uh, since you've taken a look at your documents? You know, has there been a divorce in the family? Mm-hmm. Uh, has there been the death of a loved one, or a diagnosis change, or a decline in health status? Uh, and I've I've had other people in this industry who have this conversation all over the community. Said, well, how about every election year you pull years out, or every <laughs> two years? And the reason being, uh, Mary, is that I mean, uh, things change. Uh, you know, if you put someone down as your healthcare power of attorney who's going to speak for you, and and you don't recall putting them down, and they pass away, or there was a separation in the relationship, or or maybe just something changed geographically, and the person closest, most likely to be there for you, has now moved to the west coast or to another country. You know, and geography does say a lot about, you know, who's most likely to be there if something were to happen. So uh, so that's a, we, we tell people that's the most important decision is the who, and then the what's easy to communicate. But absolutely, uh, to answer your question, uh, what you want to do is keep a list of the people you've given copies to, and then you <clears throat> want to go back and take all the old copies, <laughs> destroy them, and then simply go through the process again, update your documents, have them notarized, copied, and given to the people who who need to have copies.
1: It may sound like a little bit of work on the front end, but boy, if, if you ever need to use those documents, it's it's certainly a blessing to have those. We are speaking with Rich Gwaltney, he's the community engagement representative with Transitions Life Care, and we're going to have a further discussion on these conversations that are important to have here over the holidays as we are interacting with family. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF News,
0: Talk, Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a
1: service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. If you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, go online anytime to transitionslifecare.com. Dot org, transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. Our guest on the line is Rich Gwaltney. He's the community engagement representative with Transitions Life Care, and we're talking about conversations, important conversations to have with our loved ones over the holidays. And we just got into a discussion, or we were kind of wrapping up a discussion, I should say, on advanced directives. And in that, Mary, we kind of touched on five wishes, but mm-hmm. we, uh, we just kind of glanced or glossed over that a little bit. We want to spend a little bit more time talking about that.
2: Definitely. And I think something that, that would be important for our listeners to know is what's really in the Five Wishes document? What, what kind of questions does it ask just to kind of prepare themselves for these conversations? Rich, could you talk us through some of the things that are covered in the Five Wishes document?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, when I say it's an inclusive document, you know, it contains first, the first wish is actually uh, who do you want to speak for you? So a place for you to designate your health care uh, power of attorney. Uh, first, this is not someone who is going to have the power of attorney to uh, sell your cars or your trucks or your uh, give away your, uh, you know, your brooches and quilts and pancake pans. These are people <laughs> that, uh, you know, uh, they have nothing to do with your estate, but the health power of attorney speaks on your behalf so wish one is designating that mm-hmm. the wish two is really kind of the uh, where we're at today this conversation to set the table that is your wish for the type of medical treatment you want or don't want and mm-hmm. that's commonly known as a living will
4: mm-hmm. uh,
3: it's a place uh, mary where people get to define we get to define what what does life support treatment mean to you uh, it'll give you general instruction, a place for you to express general instructions for your health care providers and caregivers. Um, so uh, different prompts will be given for, you, for your consideration in case you received a terminal diagnosis or you found yourself in a coma or you had severe brain damage. So you get to, uh, to really share. It's a place for you to declare your philosophy of care. Uh, now, it's not a doctor's order. There are documents, med, uh, documents that are only done by a medical professional. Those are forms like the most form mm-hmm. and a DNR. And most stands for a medical order for a scope of treatment. Mm-hmm. A DNR, of course, is do not resuscitate order. Those are documents that are that are, <laughs> that are advanced directives, but they're only to be done typically at an, uh, you know at the advanced stage of an illness or an advanced stage of a person's life. And the reason I include those is those are not uh, the traditional living will. That's Those are medical documents done just with your provider. But this living will gives you, and it's a scope of treatment for those medical uh, orders. This is us sitting here being of sound mind and body saying, if something like a terminal diagnosis came, here's what I would like to do or would not like to do. If I found myself in a coma, Here's what I would like to have done, whether I would like to have extraordinary measures done, you know, to keep me alive. But how do I define life support? So, Mm -hmm. again, that in a nutshell is just an overview of the types of questions that you often find, whether it's the five wishes or really any other document that is considered a living will.
2: That's really helpful. Thank you for clarifying that. I, I want to circle back on one thing you mentioned uh, in sure. Wish One, the healthcare power of attorney. Do you uh, see, does that always have to be family? You know, you, you talked about the pound cake pan. I'm going to give my cast iron skillet. <laughs> I know where that's going. But um, with the healthcare power of attorney, does that always have to be family? Or sometimes does it make more sense to have someone that's not family, that's not as close to you, that may make that decision really difficult to, to follow through on your wishes?
3: No, that's a great question. It absolutely does not have to be a family member, a member, Um, whoever it is. It certainly needs to be someone that you need to make sure your family knows who that person is and you can name an alternate as well. Uh, And just, you can imagine anything is you wanna make sure those two people are together having that conversation as well as looking at the documents with you face to face. So they understand and interpret your philosophy of care. So really the only qualifier is a person needs to be considered an adult, not a minor, so 18 or older. um, Of course, you know, we say choose the person who you know will honor your wishes and stand up for you and potentially, you know, um, against some opposition uh, for maybe people were not uh, informed on what your care uh, plan and your wishes were. At that point, they need to be your advocate and just stand up and literally become you. So that can be, that can be a family member, a friend of a family, uh, a clergy member, uh, just a trusted friend. Mm-hmm. But whoever it is, uh, it's important to, uh, to communicate that to the people who will be most affected at that time in your life by your decision.
2: I don't know about you all, but family da- dynamics are really difficult for, for us. Uh, and mm-hmm. the holidays, I feel like, just escalates it. So that's very helpful. Um, I'm the oldest sister in, in my family, and um, I feel like I get labeled as the helper a lot of the times. And so right. I, can, I can imagine that being in that situation would be very difficult. Um, and, f- you know, with fi- family dynamics, there's always uh, – there's many things that people deal with around the holidays. A caregiver that's in town versus out of town, someone trying to help. How do you help family members? Get to a comfortable place to talk about this. Do you have any tips or tricks that you can provide our listeners?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I start by making this statement: every everyone's family dynamic is unique to their family, <laughs> and who who really to know better than a person in the family how to navigate those unique waters. You know, you know the history, you know the personalities and the temperaments, you know people's response to stress, maybe. Uh, and again, just the history of, of of brokenness and hurt. But also, you know, when you think, I, I tell this to people and it's come out over the years, is the people in our lives, the people who bless you are going to stress you. <laughs> the people you love are going to hurt you and you're going to hurt them. Uh, but they're also the people, the very same people who you're most grateful for and you love. So if you put those people in a cross section of circles and made a Venn diagram out of those people. You know, our family and where we do life is in the middle of those three circles. Uh, and the people we love, the people we need to forgive, the people we're grateful for. And those people are the, the blessed, stressed messes that are our lives. <laughs> because the reality is we, we're, all, we're all a little bit messy. And when, when difficulty comes, when bad news comes, when a diagnosis or a health uh, change in the health status uh, it happens. You know, it really shakes our cups. Uh, it shakes us up and, and it exposes, amplifies, magnifies everything that's in that family's cup. And all of that gets exposed. And that's not always bad. It's good stuff. People step up and do things you never thought they could. And sometimes the unresolved issues uh, or unforgiven issues can come out and it can be a mess. So so one thing is just one, recognize, <laughs> first, first stage of healing is recognizing you have a problem. Our families are going to have challenges, but how we how we prepare leading up to that uh, is important in dealing with these issues that matter most. Uh, some of them are closure issues, just saying things that need to be said, attempting to reconcile differences that are there. But most importantly, to advocate for the person whose name is on that living will and, and really honor their wishes. Uh, but we can definitely get into some more concrete ideas. But I think the first the first stage of that is just recognizing um, that families, where we do life, uh, it's who we come into the world with and who we'll have hopefully be surrounded with when we leave. And, and they're the ones that matter most. So, So it takes a little cultivating and and some creative navigating to get to that point. But the first stage of that is just recognizing where those challenges are.
2: I think that's a great point. You know, it's not about you. The center of the conversation is the loved one that's that's behind all of this, and and uh, and it, it, knowing it's not about you, it's hard to kind of step out of that. And because you are so attached to your loved one, and being able to have these conversations is so difficult. And I think that it's really important to recognize that going into these conversations, and um, and, and really think about that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and again, when you think about family, too, you think about from children, uh, you know, all the way up to the oldest one of us gathered around the table at uh, Thanksgiving or the winter holidays. And uh, I often tell people this when it comes to children, because children need to know some mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tell them, treat conversations like this with children like you would talks about the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's, what, here's what I mean by that. Don't attempt to answer any questions that no one's asking. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if someone if someone reaches a place where you know they're nearing the end of their life, or they they just want to talk about these issues that matter most, just keep it to the most important things, and let people know what your wishes are. Uh, so we're not advocating at the holidays to say, "Okay, I've got everyone gathered in the room now. Chain lock the doors. Nobody's getting out." <laughs> Grandma's going to tell you right now how I want to go out of this world, and if I were to die, here's what's important to me. What we're but but I think when I say navigate each relationship, there are certainly going to be people in our families who are ready to have this conversation. And others who want nothing at all to do with it, and there are definitely some creative ways you can approach those too.
4: Hmm.
1: Ah, very well said, Rich. That's some great advice and some great perspective to have when approaching these conversations because it's not easy. But you know, if if we're able to treat it like you said, and you know, make sure that we're mentally prepared in that way, and that we're uh, we're not answering questions that aren't being answered. Uh, we're not answering questions that aren't being asked. It's. Uh, that's a good tool to have uh, in, in many respects sure. in life. We're speaking with Rich Waltney, Community Engagement Representative with Transitions Life Care, and we've got a little bit more with him right after this. So stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF.
0: News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email Matters at transitionslifecare.org. You're listening to Aging
1: Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF News, Talk, Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas. Our guest on the line again is Rich Gwaltney, he is the Community Engagement Representative with Transitions Life Care, and we're having a discussion about conversations that we should be having with loved ones over the holidays. And Mary, just before uh, the break, Rich painted uh, a a scenario in our minds that we should avoid. (laughs) So I I think now it makes sense to maybe— steer us towards what a good conversation would look
2: like. I think that sounds great. I'm, I'm prepared to dish out five wishes forms at the holidays <laughs> with my family around the table. Um, so before we dive into some creative ways to ease that tension with my family, um, should you plan ahead, Rich, with a family member or two as an advocate before you, you know, it could be awkward when you just broke up. Uh, bring up this topic in the middle of the dining room. Um, should you plan ahead a little bit with a family member? Um, maybe talk us through what that dynamic may look like.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it depends on the situation. And the only reason I would qualify that is, um, you know, is this a conversation you're wanting to have in advance or is this a crisis that you see coming? So like, if this is just something that's important in an individual's heart to say, there are some matters of deep importance that I want to communicate to you guys or is it because maybe you know, something's coming, like there was a change in the diagnosis. So I, I think that depends on the circumstance, but I mm-hmm. think in the, in the general sense that we're talking about, um, I would lean on I would lean on your own knowledge of your family to know, right. <laughs> but um, but I think that a little bit of preparation, even if it's back channels, to tell a sister or a friend or a mm-hmm. or a husband or a spouse to just say, uh, you know, I, w- I would like to bring this up at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, when we're gathered, and just try to think through that. I think that's wise.
2: I think you you said conversation or crisis, and I think that that's. That's a perfect phrase there. Should these documents already be in place before these conversations start? Um, Should you already have them all written out and say, this is what I want? Or is it more of a conversation um, piece in in a kind of a starting point?
3: Yeah, I I believe so. I think if if we will as individuals take the time to write out what our wishes are about our health care, future medical care for ourselves, what's important to us, I think if we write those out they're easier to have conversations Mm -hmm. about for sure. Mm
2: -hmm. All right so now let's get to the creative ways to ease the tension. Um, We've we've now dished out five wishes forms around the table. uh, (laughs) We're starting the conversation. Uh, Rich can you talk us through some creative ways to ease that tension in the room?
3: Yeah absolutely. You know I think navigating a family relationships and dynamics are important. Um, Being aware you know I like to paint this picture Mary is Let's just imagine in a family that you're the patriarch or the matriarch of the family. And let's say you have two siblings. One sibling you know is ready to have this conversation. They've actually been asking for it. And there's another one there that's not quite ready, one has, doesn't want to have anything to do with the conversation. And I tell people, guys, often is that if there's someone in your family that does not want to talk about this, chances are is they just don't want to talk about or try to imagine what life is like without you in it. Mm. So I think just being careful around this to say, while it's important to me, you know, I want to make sure, though, that you guys know, you know, where everything's at and how we can, you know, how we proceed if something were to happen. So in that scenario, I would say this. Um, One creative idea is, you know, what if you were to write letters to your loved ones, you know, to encourage them communicate how much they mean to you, offer the gratitude, the love, maybe even attempt to reconcile if there've been problems. Mm -hmm. But imagine if you were to write this letter, right? And so Mm -hmm. now you're sitting down at the, at the dinner table. Okay. Now the sister that is ready, the older sister, probably it's you, Mary. So (laughs) it's Mary. So I sit down at my table and I say, now look to the younger sister, I've designated Mary as my healthcare power of attorney. And in this document that she's holding, and I have one for you, younger sister, I want you to know that everything that's important to me about my health care treatment uh, is included in here. Um, Mary's going to be the one who speaks for me, but I want you both to have copies. And let me just say this. I know this is a hard conversation for you to have. So I want to encourage you that if you want to read this, if you have any questions, come talk to me about it later. Uh, but I just need you to know what's in there and to have a copy so that you're not surprised. And you can take that moment to say, also, you know, I have all of these documents stored in a box on a shelf in my office, uh, and it's marked. So in case you need to know, all those documents are there. And and what this does? Let me paint this picture further. Is this? It's kind. It's kind of like I tell people. It's like that kitten that's underneath your bush outside and you can't get that kitten to come out for any reason right Mm -hmm. so what do you do we get a bowl of milk right (laughs) and we set that milk out in front of that bush and then eventually one step at a time the cat starts to come out and take a take a lick and take a drink and before long they're jumping in your lap well imagine in this uh you know holiday scenario that when you hand this five wishes document to the younger sister, you also say this, inside there is something special just from me to you. It's a letter from me to you that I just wanted to encourage you and let you know what's really in my heart. And what starts to happen, that's the bowl of milk, right? (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. saying I'm wanting to talk to you about the things you don't want to talk about because of the fact that you matter the most to me. And I just want you, I want to make this easy for you. I want to help you talk when you're ready I don't want to force you into it. So each, maybe it's every holiday or, or coffee after holiday. We're just going to cultivate a deeper, trusting, safe conversation space for us to talk about these issues. So I think that's one. Uh, Is it, just writing letters to our loved mm-hmm. ones. Writing out your convictions in an ethical will. Mm-hmm. You know, just put the words, I believe, on top of a paper. Not your doctrinal statement necessarily, but what are your convictions? What do you believe? You know, mm-hmm. Capture your life stories in writing. Or audio, record them, pass around a phone, and record stories at the next family reunion, and just start to creatively think about leaving a legacy, and add those to these. It's because those you are the people that matter the most, and these are the things that matter the most.
2: That's awesome. You know, far too often this happens in the wrong setting, at the hospital. When there's a crisis, when emotions are high. Um, and I think that while it may seem odd for many people that we're talking about doing this at the holidays, but it's better to seize this opportunity while family is together to save that heartache later, like we see it in the hospital and, and the work that we do at Transitions Life Care and um, seeing it at, at the point of crisis sometimes. So I think that these are all really good tips and pointers to give people. And while it seems odd, seize that opportunity this holiday.
3: It certainly does, but it is such an important thing, and it's one of those things that are – it's in Covey's time management principles, it's important, but it's not urgent until it becomes urgent, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then it's really important. So if you can do it proactively, but give people a right of refusal. You know, you don't have to say we're going to have a talk at the boardroom here and everybody has to be present. You can give them documentation, tell them what it is, and if you have any questions – let's talk later. Mm -hmm. Or if you'd like, after the meal, we're going to go over (laughs) here and have this conversation later by, you know, invitation. But you can obviously have the right of refusal. But eventually, I think people will come around to appreciating uh, the importance of knowing what's most important to you.
1: Mm Man, Rich, it's uh, always helpful stuff that you provide us with. We'd really appreciate your time. He is Rich Gwaltney, Community Engagement Representative with Transitions Life Care. Rich, thank you so much for your time today. I, I thought this was just a wonderful resource for our listeners.
3: Thank you, Jason. It's always a blessing to be with you guys, and I look forward to next time. Thanks,
1: Rich. We look forward to it as well. We're taking a short break, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF
0: News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds us, a service of Transitions
1: Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas, and we are now going to turn our focus to a discussion that I think a lot of people have questions about. It can be a very confusing area, and we're going to be discussing what home health is versus home care, two terms that we often use on this program, and we thought it would be a good idea to break it down for those who uh, may not exactly know the differences between home health and home care, and we are pleased to welcome back on the show, Andy Barrett. Andy is a field representative for American Republic Insurance Services. Andy, welcome back on the show.
4: Well, good morning, and thank you for having me back.
2: I think this is a very relevant topic after talking about COVID again, and this is coming up more and more as caregivers try to keep their loved ones at home. So Andy, can you start off by telling us who would benefit from home health versus home care?
4: Not a problem. I think a uh, uh, order would be to define it, first of all. And home health care is usually short-term uh, care, usually post a stay in the hospital or some kind of uh, outpatient surgery where one might need some kind of uh, skilled person to come in and take care of them. On the other hand, home care, I like to think of as care for the long term. Mm. And that would be situations where a person may need help with their activities of daily living, at least two of them per se, Um, help with any kind of uh, uh, cognitive issues, of course, help maybe um, with uh, cleaning up around the house, things like that. There's different categories in that and also includes the homemaker services, which I referenced. So who, would, who benefits from home health, uh, I think I pretty much went over, is the person that uh, had already had some kind of surgery, mm-hmm. whether it was outpatient or inpatient, as well as um, somebody that had had, uh, or, well, the other person would be the person that needed it for the long term that was no longer able to function on their own. So the only, the one difference is, uh, is what Medicare covers. A lot of Medicare uh, doesn't cover, and nor does the uh, supplements, cover your home uh, care for the long term. And it depends on whether it's medically necessary, uh, first of all, whether uh, your supplement will cover it or Medicare will cover it. So it's always something to discuss with your doctor.
2: That's a great point. So what criteria do you have to meet with Medicare to have them pay for it? Is it like a written doctor's note or um, what qualifies to be home health?
4: Well, first of all, to receive home health care, one has to have been in the hospital a minimum of three days uh and then out of a hospital no longer than 30 days mm. and of course it has to be medically necessary as i said and medicare approved so i usually tease people a little bit and say well of course the cosmetic surgery is not covered <laughs> as a general rule so <laughs>
2: That's a great point. Uh, so are there dis- different disciplinary dis- disciplinary teams <laughs> uh, for home health versus home care? That's a word. That's a tongue tire. Uh, for home health versus home care, like is the nursing aide versus a registered nurse? What are the different teams that come in for each
4: that all depends. I mean, care like that for, um, are you referring to home health care or home care?
2: Mm-hmm. With home health, are you getting a nurse versus in home care? Okay. Is it something like an aid?
4: It could vary. It could be an, an aide. It could be a nurse. It all depends on what's required and whether or not the uh, uh, person is paid. Generally speaking, when you have required medical care, mm-hmm. they have to be um, with an agency, you can't just pay a family member to come in and take care of the, even though they may be a licensed uh, nurse or CNA or whatever Mm -hmm. they have to uh, have, or you have to receive services through that agency.
2: Okay. And can you only get home care in like your private residence or can you also get it if you're an independent living in like an apartment as well?
4: uh, That's a good question. home care, um, Generally refers to uh, home, but also includes a variety of uh, assisted assisted living facilities. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Foster care homes. Uh, but there's uh, of course the skilled. i uh, not skilled. Sorry. The um, uh, assisted some assisted living mm-hmm. that don't require mm-hmm. uh, long term. Yeah, so those are your basic requirements within the the home environment. Anything in the nursing home then would be the long term care. So
2: okay, and how do you go about finding a home care or home health provider? What's the best way for a family to search for one?
4: There's a lot of agencies out there that uh, provide services. Uh, I'm thinking of one Home for Mom or. Uh, uh aging facilities you could search uh, home health care either in uh, medicare.gov or home care uh of course on google or whatever search engine you use to search that is a good way to look it up um short-term uh facilities there's any number of ways it just depends on how of course you do your search but those are typically the facilities that provide such care and the different types of care
2: wonderful and is home care something that you're paying for out of pocket or does any long-term care insurance help pay for that how how would someone go about paying for home care
4: it could be either um well actually there's a graded level you might say of care and home care starts with the family of course, the actual cost for that, no one knows except, I mean, because there's time lost from work. There's uh, time spent trying to recoup or the fact that somebody doesn't have a life uh, outside of, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but doesn't have the time to themselves because they're either working or caring for a loved one. Mm -hmm. It could could include other programs such as uh, recovery care or short-term recovery care, long-term care. Um and there's various programs out there that uh, serve different needs. So, you know, most of them will cover some type of uh, nursing care for you.
2: This is a great topic and very relevant for me right now. My grandfather is, and yeah. uh, we have home care coming in for him. And like you said, it's been kind of a lifesaver for us as caregivers. I have a full-time job. My dad and his brothers are working and it's, it's really hard to get over there and help bathe him and prepare meals and do his laundry and make sure that he's set up for, um, to be comfortable. And so I think it's been such a blessing to have home care to help come in and, uh, supplement what we're doing so that he can be set up for his uh for the day so i i we have them coming in almost every day of the week to help um and it's just been a relief on us as caregivers
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good good and most people um uh, are under the assumption that medicare covers that stuff and i'm sure mm-hmm. you found out quickly that mm-hmm. uh, medicare provides a limited amount of course medicaid pays more for long-term care but the qualifying can be uh a shocker because you have to have a certain level of income and assets to qualify for it so as a general rule a lot of people that are above that line and uh, uh, that don't have any kind of care do end up paying for it out of pocket and it can be staggering the Genworth financial has a list of uh, uh, rates and right now it could be about forty eight hundred dollars a month for mm-hmm. uh, a caregiver depending on what level and a nursing home, of course, is around a hundred uh, plus twenty-year projections. Is that could double mm-hmm. in that time frame? So, anyway, it's a good thing thing to actually think about when you're young, mm-hmm. around your fifty years of age or older, to have a cushion there and not have to be hit by, shall we say, sticker shock. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Definitely. I think it's – and it's a perfect time to think about it now as people are trying to age in place and not go into an assisted living or an independent living kind of situation. It's great to be able to stay at your home and have a home care provider or some of these supplemental um, assistance programs to come in and help you age in place right where you are.
1: Yeah, I think that's – Wonderful. And Andy, uh, we are just about out of time here. But if folks want to find more information about American Republic Insurance Services, how would they go about doing that?
4: Well, since I'm a field representative, I don't go by the office um, very often. So let me give you my cell number. That's 919-523-4910. Again, 919-523-4910. And I'll be glad to get back with you and discuss uh, any concerns
1: that uh, anyone has. Excellent. He is Andy Barrett, Field Representative for American Republic Insurance Services, and we thank him so much for his time today. We are out of time for today. We hope you will join us again next weekend. This has been Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Have a wonderful day.
0: You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.